Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 22nd of January. This week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, once again, we're going to be going back to the beginning of Isaiah and just setting the scene for where we are on Sundays at the moment. So far this year, we've been delving into the prophet Isaiah and we have been searching for the hope that God gives us for a brand new year. And that hope is based on God fulfilling the promises that he makes. And we see from the very beginning of this book that God is at work and God is speaking through the prophet and God is bringing hope to the people. And my desire is that you would have a good overview of what the book is about and be able to go away and read it for yourself and see how all the chapters uh, fit together. And as we were uh, thinking before, that big 10 chapter chunk where it is detailing God's wrath and judgment, that you don't get bogged down in that, but that you're able to see what it is and then move on and find the hope and the prophecies. So last week we were looking at chapters 1 to 5. Uh, today, at the beginning of a new week, we're into chapter 6. And this is the momentous chapter in the book of Isaiah because this is Isaiah being called. It is Isaiah's commission. And God here is calling Isaiah at a time of momentous change in the nation to step forward and to speak his word. And so I'm going to read chapter 6 and just as I read through it, stop and comment on some of the verses. So this chapter begins, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. As we ourselves know from recent history, it is an momentous occasion whenever a royal dies, and especially whenever it is the monarch. And King Uzziah has just died in Israel, and the Israelites are wondering to themselves, well, how can we continue without Uzziah? What will we do? Will we be as good a nation? Will we please God in the way that we live? And in that year that he died, Isaiah is given this vision and he testifies about it and he tells us, I saw the Lord and the Lord was high and exalted and he was seated on the throne. And this is a beautiful picture of God reminding us that even though human leaders come and go, God is constant. Even though we have the uncertainty of replacing a human leader, God will never change. And then we have this vision that Isaiah is given of the throne room in heaven and it is a foretaste of what John sees in the book of Revelation. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet and with two they were flying and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. An earthly leader and an earthly monarch can only have jurisdiction, as it were, over one country. But here, the Lord Almighty is filling the whole earth with his glory. He is greater. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. 
And at this moment, as Isaiah sees all of this and, and feels the temple shaking at the power of the Lord Almighty, suddenly Isaiah has a realisation of his own sinfulness and about his position in all of this. Here is the almighty, holy God, and these creatures are flying around worshipping God. And here is Isaiah in the middle of it. And Isaiah suddenly realises, I should not be here because I am sinful. And something needs to be done about my sin. He comes under great conviction of sin. Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king the Lord Almighty. So what's to be done about his sin? Well, in verse 6, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Isaiah is convicted of his sin But there is nothing that Isaiah is able to do about this sin himself. Instead, it is God who provides a solution for sin. And the coal is brought and his lips are touched and the sin and the guilt is taken away. Much like we're going to find out in this, uh, through this prophecy, that Jesus is coming. And Jesus is going to provide the way for sins to be forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. God is seeking one to respond to his call. And Isaiah, in this moment of forgiveness and in this moment of the vision of God, comes forward and offers himself and God tells him to go. He said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. And Isaiah is commissioned to go and serve the Lord. And everything else that we read in the rest of the book is based on this moment where Isaiah receives this call. Every prophecy that he gives of the coming of Jesus comes back to this moment and We can also see in what God says that there are many themes that will be picked up on later in the book. And some of these themes we've already noticed on Sundays. So in verse 11, then I said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged. That's what we were looking at in chapter 25. How God came and the cities were turned to rubble. And here's a little foretaste of that. Verse 12, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leaf stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. There as we were thinking about in in chapter 11, that there is a stump where the forest has been cut down, but from the stump of Jesse, a shoot will spring forth. And that is Jesus Christ, the hope that we have. And so right here, as Isaiah is called, 
we see a number of these themes just being spoken about briefly but we come back to them later on and we see how God's word through the prophet is continuous, how he calls Isaiah into his service and how Isaiah is willing to follow him and speak his word. And we're going to see in the next couple of days some of the prophecies that God gives about Jesus' coming. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as Isaiah was given that wonderful vision of you in your temple and seated on your throne and the creatures worshipping you. We pray, Lord, that we might catch a glimpse of your glory. As your glory filled the whole earth, so, Lord, we long for your glory to fill the earth once again and for many to see you in all your glory and splendour. Lord, just as Isaiah was convicted of his sin, so today, Lord, we come confessing our sin before you. And just as he was forgiven through the hot coal placed on his lips, so, Lord, we turn to Jesus Christ to take away our guilt and our sin. And as, Lord, you ask who will go, we come to you today and we say that we will go, we will answer the call. And we will serve you. So Lord, be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.